grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today comes from Luke chapter 10. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Dear friends in Christ, this is the text. When I was a boy, I was a Boy Scout, or more specifically, I was a Cub Scout. And being a Cub Scout, we pledged allegiance to God and to the Queen. We promised to do good, and our goodness could be gauged by the number of badges that we had on our sleeves. Yes, there was a knot-tying badge, which I never achieved, even though my dad came to teach the course on knot-tying. And there was a camping badge, and there was a construction badge. And these badges were based on skills, but there were badges based on character. The home badge, the community badge, the citizen badge. These were what the scout contributed to the home or to the community or even to the country. I think back in the day, and maybe even now, there was a religion badge, but back in the day, it was for being active in the church. But that was the 70s, so that was allowed. It seemed that everything you could think of as a positive attribute was celebrated with a badge. There was a mentorship badge. There was a service badge. There was helping a grandma across the street badge. There was getting kitty from the tree badge. Okay, maybe not the last two. But I remember thinking as I looked at my relatively bare sleeve that I was better than some of those highly decorated boys that I went to Cub Scouts with. I remember thinking, but probably not as sophisticated as I'm going to preach it, that there might be alternative badges that be better suited for those boys, like Bad Seed Badge, or maybe Great Faker Badge, or maybe I got this badge because my dad's a Scout Leader Badge. The problem was not that I was not interested in badges, I just didn't want to have to work to get them. When a new badge was offered, the question always went up by the highly decorated boys, what do I have to do to get the badge? What do I have to do to get it? And I always thought as I looked at those highly badged boys, well, lie about the stuff that you did. <laughs> My problem was not that I did not covet the badge. It's that I wasn't so motivated to get it. In the gospel lesson for today, we see a lawyer who asks the same question. What do I have to do to get it? But with farther reaching implications than just receiving a badge on the arm. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? In fact, this lawyer is confident in front of Jesus. He is one of whom Jesus spoke about moments before saying, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to infants. This wise lawyer, this student of the Torah, went to synagogue school as a boy. He had synagogue attendance badges attached to his robes. And he asks perhaps the most important question ever posed by mankind. What must I do to get eternal life? There are four questions posed in this interaction between the lawyer and Jesus. And the first one by the lawyer is to test Jesus. What must I do? And Jesus answers with a question of his own. What does the law say? An apt question to ask a lawyer. And the lawyer answers rightly, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And if there's a badge for right answers, the lawyer just earned one. 
The heart of the law of God is God's love and his mercy. As the Apostle Paul says, love is the fulfillment of the law. Jesus led the lawyer to the scriptures for the answer, and this should be enough. But the lawyer is not content with that answer. Love is not enough for him. There has to be deeds. He has to be able to do something to assert his own works and righteousness and claim eternal life for himself. Jesus even says, do this, love, and you shall live. Now the lawyer moves from testing to wanting to justify himself, and he asks Jesus, who is my neighbor? Well, dear friends, here is the rub. The lawyer can claim to love God. He is a Jew, after all. We do the same as Christians. I can say it from the pulpit. I can say it to my family and friends. I can say it to the world. I can shout it from the mountaintops. I love God. You do, don't you? But as Jesus shows to the lawyer, the love of God leads to the love of one's neighbor. If we, like the lawyer, profess to love God, but don't love our neighbor, then what? John says this, if anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a, li a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. We are in the same untenable situation as this lawyer. You can say, Pastor, you say you love God. Well, where is the evidence? Where is your good works badge? The problem is that like this lawyer, my sinful nature wants to claim that I have walked in the law of God. My sinful nature wants to justify itself before God. My sinful nature wants the law of God not to be about love, but to be a codified set of rules that in following, I can earn my own eternal life. This lawyer, as a Jew, has the greatest inheritance ever given in the grace and election of God. It is what God gives him fully and freely, and the lawyer wants to give God his deeds. He says, here, look at me. Look at what I have done. In our sin, though, we have earned a bad seed badge inherited from our father Adam and passed down to us from our parents. Nobody asks, what must I do to inherit eternal death? Why? Because we already know. We know that we have earned it by what we have done and what we have left undone. We don't bring our deeds of mercy before God on Sunday morning and his altar, but our misdeeds. We squirm as the lawyer squirms under his own question, who then is my neighbor? You see, he sees the law as the problem. Perhaps it is unclear. Who can possibly discern between them and us? The question, who is my neighbor, implies that there are some who are not. I know in my own life, God can't possibly mean that everyone that is not my immediate family or my friends or my congregation or my acquaintances are my neighbors. God cannot possibly mean that people I don't like or people who have hurt me in the past or that hate me are my neighbors. Except that this story of the Good Samaritan lays waste to all of my arguments and self-justification. There is a man, he is beaten and left for dead and is passed by by a pompous priest and a loveless Levite. Then this Samaritan who is hated by the Jews comes along and fills the law by loving the one that no one else did. The Samaritan acts by saving the life of the man, paying for his life 
and then coming back for him. I was sitting on White Avenue in my car one summer day and having my window rolled down at a red light, a man came up beside me on his bicycle and said, have you got any spare change? I had a cup holder full of spare change, but knowing what this grubby street person really needed, I said, buddy, you don't need change, you need Jesus. He said, pulling out his pocket Bible to show me, he said, sir, I believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Truly what I need is a sandwich. In my shame, I gave him a handful of change and thought, what's wrong with me? Where is the evidence for my love for my neighbor? Where is my keeping of the law? Where is my good works badge? If it were left to us, we would disqualify ourselves from eternal life. But dear friends, you can give thanks to our Father in heaven who has qualified us to share in the inheritance with the saints in light. God has delivered you from the domain of darkness and transferred you to the kingdom of his beloved Son. And how? Because in Christ Jesus... We have the forgiveness of sins and full redemption in the face of the Father. Here is what I can shout from the mountaintops to earn my mountaintop shouting badge. God loves you. There is one Samaritan in the world, one who did not pass us by, though we deserve to die. The sinless Son of God came to us as sinners. Jesus walked the road of the law, keeping it perfectly, loving us perfectly, serving the Father perfectly, and died the death that we deserved, giving us the forgiveness of sins, perfect redemption in the eyes of the Father. Jesus' badges are these. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. Nail marks and a spear wound are his badges that paid for our sins. His life for ours, his love filled us up where we were loveless in this world and now fills us with the love of God, a love so great that it became flesh and dwelt among us to live and die and bleed and cry from the cross, it is finished. Paul says what is finished when he says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And he says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Where is the evidence? It's in the crib. It's on the cross. It's in the empty crypt. All God did for you, giving it to you, forgiveness and life and salvation. You have one badge, one badge that matters, and you did not earn it. It is the hope laid up for heaven in heaven for you badge. Jesus earned it and gave it to you in the waters of your baptism, just as he did for Carter today. If Carter ever asks the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Answer him this. Nothing. Jesus did it all. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. 
We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com. Call us at 780-430-7382 or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.